Hello, everyone, and today I just want to give a quick shout out to uh, the late, great Scott Hall, aka Razor Ramon, aka the Diamond Stud. Um, it's sad that we lost another great one, but you know, at least he doesn't suffer anymore, and at least he doesn't, you know, have to live in the world that's in a world that's becoming more and more shit as we speak. Um, so shout out to him, shout out to his family. You know, uh, hopefully they can find peace that, you know, he's up in heaven and hopefully Scott Hall is, is, um, happy, you know, hopefully he's up there in the clouds pulling off wrestling matches with Macho Man and Mr. Perfect and all them. Um, but today I'd like to talk about former NFL quarterback, Joe Cap. I'm, I think I'm going to focus on his years with the Vikings because I see this all the time when someone talk brings him up on like a Facebook group. People want to say, oh, he was one year wonder. No, no, he was not. Uh, people need to get over the fact of that he didn't have great stats. He was with the Vikings for, I think, four years, maybe. Um, he was a winner. That's all Minnesota and Bud Grant, the head coach of the Vikings from the late 60s into the mid 80s. That's all Bud Grant cared about was that he won. He was a leader. He won. He didn't care about being anointed, whatever. I mean, Joe Cap is the only guy that I know of that would turn down the MVP award and say, you know, there's not one most valuable person. Viking, there's 40 of them, 40 for 60, which was a rallying cry for, I do believe, the 1969 Minnesota Vikings, who would later go on to the Super Bowl four against Kansas City Chiefs, which they were annihilated, I think it was 23 to 7. Uh, Kansas City winning Super Bowl four, Minnesota just being obliterated um, before every Minnesota Vikings collective eyes. You know, it, it was a... Uh, Shocking event. Uh, more shocking was that the that off season he did not come back to the Vikings. Was later traded to Boston, the Boston Patriots back then, who later become the New England Patriots, and uh, had one year with the Patriots. And he tried his best with Boston. Uh, they weren't very good, um, to say the least. So they uh, they pretty much tanked the season and uh we're later able to get in 71 we're later to get Jim Plunkett which they screwed his career until he went to San Francisco who later screwed his career and then he went to Oakland won two Super Bowls but anyway Joe Cap, um very very tough individual as quarterback uh didn't uh, didn't throw with the laces so a lot of people say oh well his passes weren't good and they weren't the best it didn't matter. It got to the person he wanted to. Sometimes, yeah, he'd overthrow or get picked off. But you know what? He was a winner. And that's all they truly cared about at that point. Um, and when he first got here in, I think it was 1967, he, it was bad. Uh, 68 was a better year for Joe Cap and the Vikings. Um, 69 was probably his best year here. 
in Minnesota. I think in 1969, he would, against the Baltimore Colts at the time, he would throw seven touchdown passes, which is tied with many other quarterbacks um, in the NFL. So he, he did... He didn't have great stats, but he did what he was supposed to do, and that was win games um, and just lead the team. You know, and he was one of the rugged style quarterbacks. He wasn't one that would just sit in the pocket all the time. If he saw some, he'd take off and run. Wouldn't slide. He would literally hit the tackler, um, which is also cool. Uh, I have his book, um, The Toughest Chicano. If that's okay to say, I know people might get offended by it, but um, it's a really great book. If you haven't read it, I advise you to read it. It oh, I never knew so much about Joe Cap until I read that book, and it just his winning spirit and that winning attitude that he brought from when he was born even all the way until now, you know, he just always had that winning spirit, always wanted to win, always stood up for his teammates, never afraid to fight. Um, You know, there was a lot of interesting factoids I didn't know about the guy. Uh, He wore number 11 with Minnesota. Uh, Other quarterbacks that wore number 11 was Whiskey Wade Wilson back in the 80s and early 90s, uh, Dante Culpepper, Laquan Treadwell, Kellen Mond is now the recent one to wear it for the Vikings. Um, It's pretty cool to see a lot of uh, history with that number 11 here in Minnesota. Hopefully, we see what happens with the... the Vikings this next upcoming off or next coming season. I don't have much hope for him as you know, in my rant video that or my rant episode that I did last week. And I just, I think it's goofy that, you know, cap wasn't brought back after losing Super Bowl four. I, in my heart, if we have Joe cap for Super Bowl five, or if we would have made it to Super Bowl five the next year and Joe Cap would still be our quarterback, I think we would have won it against Baltimore. Baltimore Super Bowl five is a very, very distinct Super Bowl in that it was a shit played game. There was errors all over, and I think Minnesota would have won that game had we got there. Um but Joe Cap's lawyer at the time, told them, hey, you know, let's defeat the Roselle rule, which was in place back then, which meant that, you know, they had to, I think it was that you're pretty much stuck with their team, and if you chose not to sign with them, they could hold on to your rights until you were either A, traded, which Joe was, after he, you know, wasn't going to sign a standard player contract, which more power to him, you know, he, he stuck up for the players back then. And it's pretty cool that he did that. I I wish we would have gotten to see more Joe Cap, but I digress. Um, to me, Joe, I I honestly think Joe, if he comes back or stays with the Vikings, they win at least one Super Bowl, and I think it would have been Super Bowl five. 
Um, I really don't think Baltimore would have been able to hold up to us. They were an aging team. We were a young team. Um, when Joe Cap and the Vikings played in Super Bowl four against the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, we were we were actually told that you know, hey, Super Bowl three and the Jets winning that game against Baltimore Colts was a fluke. And people say, well, how could Baltimore and Minnesota play in Super Bowl five against each other? That's because the Bronc or the Broncos, sorry, the Colts originally were an NFL franchise. And when the merger happens, they eventually go to the AFC. And that's how that happens for all the people that didn't know that for all the people that do. You know what I'm talking about for all the people that don't. I just told you how. Um, But anyway, Super Bowl four was another chance for the NFL to kind of say, hey, you know, Super Bowl three was a fluke. And Minnesota's going to prove it. Well, Kansas City, the underdogs, even though, let's be honest, they had a much open, wide open offense and a very, very talented defense comes into Super Bowl four. They're the underdogs. They're they're going like, hey, they're thinking we're going to lose. They think this NFL team's going to beat us. The Chiefs annihilate Minnesota in Super Bowl four. Uh, Joe Cap later in the game is injured and has to leave with, uh, I think he has a shoulder injury on his left non-throwing shoulder. He threw with the right. He was right-handed, but uh, his injury was on the left, his left shoulder and all that. So I think he separated it. And I mean, they, the only thing I think I could attribute what Kansas City did to Joe Cap was what New Orleans did to Brett Favre in 09. Um, It was just a dogfight. And Joe, to his undying, uh, undying quest to win a championship and a Super Bowl, did his best. But by that time, we were helplessly down. Um, we only scored one touchdown. That was a run by, I want to say, Dave Osborne. And then right away, I think it was like 16 to 7 by that point. Because Minnesota in Super Bowl four, for every chance they had, they either fumbled it or it got intercepted or they just messed up. So it was really, really difficult for a lot of the fans back in the day to watch Super Bowl for any of the Super Bowls Vikings played in because we lost them all four of them that we played in. And me being a kid born in the 90s, I had to wait until YouTube to watch the old Super Bowl highlights. And it it's it makes you sad because that was supposed to be our moment. But Kansas City and the NFL were like, hey, this is our last year before we are formed with the NFL. And they went out and they kicked Minnesota's ass. And it wasn't close. It really wasn't. Um, I mean, the beginning of the game, Kansas City didn't really do much. I think they had like two field goals. And then... I think after that, then they started scoring. 
I think the first time they actually got a touchdown was when Charlie West on a kickoff return fumbled the ball and Kansas City picked it up um, down near, I think, our goal line and they ran it in. Um, We do kind of stage a late uh, comeback with, like I said, the touchdown run by, I think it was Dave Osborne or maybe it was Bill Brown. I'll have to look into that. I'll I'll even do an episode on Super Bowl four if that's what you all want. But anyway, by the time we start going, Kansas City later on a quick out to Otis Taylor, who breaks a tackle and breaks another tackle, scores the decisive go ahead touchdown twenty three to seven. I do believe the final score was and. At that point, Hank Stram just told his defense, just make sure Minnesota doesn't come back. And, I mean, they beat the hell out of Joe Cap at that point because the defense wasn't afraid to give up anything. Uh, Minnesota was pretty much a chuck-and-duck offense, I would say, at that point in 69 in their first Super Bowl. That meaning, you know, if the run didn't work, you're just going to hope that some guy gets down the field and just you're going to bomb it to him. And it didn't work. It really didn't. So I I would have loved to have seen another one or two. Maybe maybe if Joe Cap and the Vikings win Super Bowl four against Kansas City, maybe Joe Cap stays and Fran Tarkington never comes back to Minnesota. I mean, there there was so many rumors that could have happened. So many what if scenarios but ultimately, Joe Cap's career in Minnesota, I don't say it's a failure. I, You got to realize he didn't have a lot of, I mean, the defense was probably his only ally in that. I mean, yeah, def- could you imagine had Joe Cap had Chuck Foreman, uh, Sammy White, Rashad, Amon Rashad, you know, some of these players that he that Fran Tarkington later had on the offense. I think even if we were playing the West Coast offense back then, I think we would have made a good run for it for a Super Bowl title. But I digress again. Uh, hopefully, you know, uh, one day I'd love to meet Joe Cap. I, I think he's one of the unsung Minnesota Vikings heroes and legends. He doesn't get talked enough. And when he does, a lot of people always say, well, you know, he, he did OK. He did more than OK. Uh, he led us to he led an offense to or the whole team to an NFL championship in 69 to the Super Bowl, our first ever one, our first ever playoff appearance he led us to. I mean, you can't doubt those statistics that he did. And people always say, oh, well, you know, it's more mythological BS than it is facts. Fuck the facts. I mean, there's so many quarterbacks out there that got fucking lucky to have such a great team, and yet they're they're heralded as great of all time bullshit. Um, I think that's really, really not the case with Joe Cap. I think with Joe Cap, 
his football life is just how he won games. I mean, he didn't have, he, he threw an ugly pass, but somehow, you know, it connected with the receivers. Uh, he never, he always didn't care about his body. He gave up the body for the cause for the team. So, I mean, in my heart, I think Joe Cap should be up there with as one of the greats of Minnesota Vikings history. Without him, who knows what Bud Grant's career would have been early on in this in with the Vikings and all that. Who knows? So, I think that's it going to be it for today. I'm sorry I couldn't get Alyssa on. Uh, we've been having discussions on if she wants to continue uh, being the co-host of this, and if she doesn't, that's okay. You know, we're not gonna we're not gonna berate her for what she wants to do. It's ultimately her decision, and I stand by it. If she wants to come back or not, I got her back. So, hopefully, we can go through negotiations, get her back here. You know, I, I've been trying, guys. I really have. I, I want to have her, at, if she's going to do one episode, or if she decides, hey, I'll do one more episode, and then I'm done with it, then, you know, I want her to be on the uh, one that I do about Halloween Kills. And I know I've promised that. It's just been, I, I really want her to help me with it, because she's got a really funny joke, and I th- I think it would do the episode really good. Um. Still trying to get a, you know enough courage to get Peter Anthony on the show, talk with him. So I think this is almost the 50th episode. I And also, guys, thank you so much um, for listening to the podcast still. We're almost to 690 listens on the podcast. I think we're at 689, 689 listens on the podcast. So let's keep it up. I do know that I'm possibly going to send more episodes over to my website. And I know I've been talking with Alyssa about possibly having it so that you guys, if you want to donate to the show, you can. I know there's a feature I have to hit where you guys can. And also you can subscribe to the podcast and all that. So I hope you guys enjoyed. And I will talk to you possibly Friday, Saturday, next Friday or Saturday, depending on how my schedule is. Um, But yeah, this episode was about Joe Cap. Hopefully you all enjoyed it. And I'll talk to you next time. Thank you. and Goodbye.